What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. I say it every week. Uh, fell off the wagon again. Uh, got really busy with stuff. And uh, yeah, really no excuse other than I just got let myself get busy with other things. And life got out of control, uh, mostly my own doing. We've got chickens now. I don't know if I said that before that I was getting chickens. We went camping. We had a funeral the week before. Yada, 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 all that stuff. But uh, we're growing sprouts and starting seeds for the gardens. Composting. We got a worm bin. We grow worms. But they're cool. They help us compost our food scraps. And then, you know, as the colony of worms grows, we get to feed some of those worms to our chickens for some nice, healthy, live protein. Anyway, not too much of that. Uh, I'm going to... As I get more and more content for the new channel that the family's doing, our family channel, I will start putting links up for that stuff so that you guys can go over there, check out our homesteading stuff. And I call it homesteading. It's a very loose term, but getting back to basics and doing for yourself and teaching yourself how to do things and be somewhat more self-sustaining. Anyway, if you enjoy that stuff, you'll see a link at some point once we get some more stuff in the can, as they say, and uh, get the channel up and live, so... All right, let's read some tech support. Failing coffee shop? Add a raspberry pie. I like pie. Not an official help desk setting, but this is my favorite thing I've done with IT thus far, so I wanted to share. I have a good friend who had a pop-up coffee shop for a while now with several employees and all that. He's a great barista. He rented a space downtown, which he wanted to be his most prominent coffee spot. The next step up. He struggled quite a lot at first, and people rarely stayed even though it looks incredible and is comfy. I suggested he'd set up a media server. Maybe if you had more ambiance, it would help. His only objection was the price, so I offered to set him one up with a raspberry pie I had laying around. I took an hour-long coffee shop ambience background noise and put it really quietly behind the music he figured they should play. It's been running for a few weeks, and he says it really makes a difference. People come and stay. Some study, others hang out with friends, and so forth, ordering several coffees and cakes and whatnot. It's only babbling in the background, no real conversations, but now he got the idea of playing around with the ambiance more than just people chatting and jazz music. We'll see how it goes. I suggested making a Lord of the Rings lo-fi backdrop, but that's only because it's my favorite. It's kind of genius, actually. I never thought about the ambiance. So if you have a quiet shop that doesn't have the normal background murmuring and the clinking of whatever apparatus they're using to make the coffee and the, and the cappuccino and things like that, Along with people, you know, moving things and just general coffee shop noise. If your newer coffee shop is quiet and too quiet, people get, they get that awkward feeling and it's just not someplace, even though it's comfy and modern, they just don't want to hang out. Hmm. Wonder if I could do a soundtrack of ambient noise to keep my kids near where they need to do some work and chores. I'll have to work on that. I need bigger emails. I work for a tech company with a contract for a big, scary government agency. We manage multiple systems at level one and triage escalations to other contractors for higher support for tens of thousands of users across the country. My calls can range from, I forgot my password, and Skype can't find my camera, to troubleshooting backscatter x-ray rigs. Not sure what that is. The Wi-Fi on XX ship in the Pacific Ocean XXX can't connect to the VPN and configuring air traffic control tower access. At least once a week, I get calls from civil servants who forget where they work. This one was the latest. I had just finished raising a ticket to external troubleshooters about something serious. 
one where I had to call through to their management because it would affect industries in that part of the country for the next 72 hours. The moment I was halting my phone after to take lunch, I get a call from a mid-tier dumbass. Let's call him Dax. Dax, I need bigger email. Me, excuse me? Dax, I need bigger email because I need to send so many important reports and documents, and they're just so big they won't send. Okay, how big are these emails? Dax, I don't know, they're just clearly too big, and, you know, it would be nice if I could send them all at once because... Three minute story about whatever he was working on. During that time, I checked his account for locks and holds. Any recent issues with the message exchange, it all came up clean. So just for fun, I looked him up in the internal directory. He came up flagged as one of the kids in a graduate program. I'd seen him before. They get hired at a higher salary entry level with some extra individual responsibility. Then after two years, they automatically get promoted to management of a small team, without any greater responsibilities. After he finished the story, Alright, I can see that that's very important, but how big was the last email you sent? Dax, with a sigh followed by a silent beat. 22 megabytes and that's a small one. Well, the agency-wide email send limit is 26 megabytes. No one can send any emails bigger than that. But something smelled fishy, so I remoted into his machine. Sure enough, there was the email with a 22 megabyte spreadsheet attached, and a 13 megabyte PDF and a 15 megabyte document. He also had a signature block which used chunky external fonts and a full resolution banner. A blank email was about 5 megabytes for this guy. Me, waving the cursor around the attachments, you're not allowed to do this. You need to send each of these as separate emails. Dax, I told you I need to send them all at once because they're really important, and they're already late because Lookout kept crashing when I'd send them one by one. What? Dax, I need to send all my files for each... Wait, 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 no. The part about Lookout crashing. Dax, yeah, it's been happening for weeks. You should know about it. Every time I attach something to an email, it crashes when I send it. This was exactly what had been happening during the agency-wide incident about a month before. Every branch was given instructions on how to resolve it, and every civil servant was expected to follow these instructions within 48 hours of it going out. So while still remoted in, I searched for the email, and there it was. It was unread. With the email open, I said, if you'd have followed this four weeks ago, you wouldn't be having this problem. Dax, I don't read general email. I figured one of you would come fix it eventually. CYA mode engaged. I made sure to include this exchange and the fact that he refused to do the fix for weeks in my ticket under the non-public notes for managers and other techs. Then I took him through the 15-minute process of doing the fix, where I was interrupted by the following exchange, twice. Dax, so when this is finished, I'll be able to send bigger emails, right? We'll get to that, but I'm sure you can agree that to send big emails, you need to be able to send emails at all, right? When I sent him on his way, he still didn't understand the issue with the email send size, even after putting him onto the secure file transfer portal, specifically for agents like him sending sensitive files to external actors. He kept asking me about what it had to do with giving him more email space. That particular civil servant never finished the graduate program and had an unexceptional career without promotion in the service, moving to another agency shortly after this call. I'll be the first to admit, I don't know much about why email send sizes are the way they are. Same thing with messaging on cell phones, you know, sometimes I got three pictures and I know you can't send, you know, like a whole photo album, but sometimes I got three pictures that I want to send to somebody through text at once and it said, oh, that's too much, you know, and I, I don't want to go through like downsizing them and compressing them and all that stuff. So I got to send two and then send the third one, but it's really not a big inconvenience. It only takes two seconds to do the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, eh, it is what it is. And, uh, but I'm not in a position where I really need to know this stuff, so. 
my IE is kind of slow. Way back before Y2K, I was working for an MSP. One of our customers was complaining that the receptionist PC was slow, and I got tapped to venture out past the M25, London Orbital Motorway, and deal with it. You'll remember how a lot of websites and dial-ups would have their own menu bar that could integrate into early versions of IE, usually from ISPs with extra functions for their clients. While other companies got into the habit of doing this, you could have them stacked. A full 50% of the IE display was full of these extra menus. I got rid of most of them and then dug deeper. Pop-ups, pop-ups galore. Most of them just annoying, some of them insidious and resistive to removal, except when using dark arts. Then we get down and find that the person likes Christmas tree lights resident that stays there. Remove that. Then we get down into the fun of their mailbox. This was Outlook Express. They have kept every single email. The mailbox is called reception and it's got years of history. All of it vital to the business, yet strangely not backed up. In the end, we built receptionist a new workstation. I had to do a major bit of mailbox fix work, archiving out old mail and then locking the entire environment down along with the backup. Our sales guy was happy. Lots of extra work, charged by the hour, and a new workstation and setup charges. The customer was probably wondering what hit them at the next invoicing point. I am horrible with email. I, uh, I don't delete emails. <laughs> I think about a year, year and a half ago, I finally started going through all of my Gmail accounts, and I have a lot of them. The one email account that had the most was up over... Ah, I want to say it was 100,000 emails, and probably more than 60% of those were probably junk. So, you know, rather than going through one by one, I set a couple rules, uh, a couple filters, and went through and deleted big swaths of them at, uh, at the same time. And uh, I got it somewhat cleaned up, but I haven't touched them since. So, uh, yeah, something I got to work on. A quadruple broken contract is actually impressive. So I'm working in governmental service, and we have a service agreement with another government agency. We're a state agency and them a newly formed federal agency. So we provide support for them until their IT gets up and running, which hasn't happened for two years now. And every time someone from that federal agency calls, we're all annoyed because they see themselves as superior for some reason and nobody likes to get yelled at. So we usually draw matches to figure out who must answer that call. That day... I was unlucky. It was one of their higher-ups in HR. Hello, how can I help you? You effing idiots. Why doesn't Mr. X have his PC yet? He can't work. Uh, excuse me? Who? I can't follow. The new one, you incompetent butt. We don't know about a new employee at your site, so we need an official infor. Give him the darn hardware. I can't do that without official information, according to paragraph 12 of our cooperation contract. Also, I must advise you to calm down and consider paragraph 36 of said. 12 states the need for official information to get stuff, and 36 allows the one-side cancellation of the service, in case of a loss of professionality or threats towards somebody. I don't care. Do it, you so-and-so. At that point, I just put him on hold, looked at my colleagues who heard him scream through my phone across the room. I'll give him to the boss. I'm not getting paid enough for that stuff. Back on the phone. Sir, I'll put you through to our boss, and you can get that done with him. Half an hour later, out comes the boss and gives us the order to go and provide notebook, monitors, and so on. So I drive to their office, unlock the door. Our contract requires that we have direct access to any rooms containing our hardware. This will get important later. And carry my stuff inside. I put it down and go to their boss. Hello, I'm here to provide hardware for Mr. X. What? Who? Why didn't you announce yourself? 
He then physically shoved me out of their office and slammed the door. <laughs> now annoyed, I just shrug and drive back to my office. My boss asked why I was back so fast. I tell him the story, and he just rolls his eyes. I'll call them. A bit later, he orders us to go back the next day, already late on the current day, and finish the job. The next day, I drive to find out they let the locks get changed, and I can't enter. My boss calls them again and gets the answer that we wouldn't be allowed in anymore because we would disturb their work. After that stupid phone call, we shut down their entire server rack. Their boss called me a minute later. Why nothing was working and I told him that we shut everything down because the technician isn't able to access it and we need to prevent overheating issues. Their server room is famous for a 60 degrees Celsius air temp because no AC, no windows, nothing, which actually breaks contract again. And we need to protect our stuff. He begins to yell at me, threatens me, and I just put him to my boss. A few months later, I get sent back to their office, and because they didn't let us in, which voids our contract, and so, we sued them. It took me and my colleagues two trailers, but now they don't have any hardware from us anymore. Absolutely incredible. Uh, first of all, that people think they're so much better than everybody else. I don't know what gives them... I don't know what causes that, but anyway. It's like group narcissism or something, I don't know. But then to not even know your contract with that company or that sector or whatever, and... Uh, shove him out the door, physically put your hands on him, and he just said he was there to work on stuff or so-and-so or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's not somebody you need to deal with. I'm pretty sure if he had shoved me through the door, I would have had him come with me. He, he wouldn't have had a chance to slam the door because we would have both went out the door, but that's another story. Dancing Bears Client called in to fix her Java issues as she's unable to work. I fix her Java issues and she's back to work. She calls in again to say things aren't working again. She did this five times. Turned out the dancing teddy bears needed a different version of Java and they dance on the taskbar as she works. <laughs> Installing that other Java version broke her ability to work, but she stated she needed her dancing teddy bears to dance so she can work. I cancel her ticket as she keeps breaking our version by installing her own version we don't support. I notified management of her issues and refused to support her. Management agrees, and we no longer need to support her. I just don't understand. So I need my teddy bears. There was some other screensaver. Flying toasters way back in the day and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it was cute. It was cool. I didn't even mind Clippy the paperclip, the helpful paperclip, um, once in a while. After a while, though, when I started learning how to do things, he just really kind of grated on me. But I didn't need any of that stuff. If I can do my work and have something fun going on, great. If the fun stuff doesn't work, I still need to do my job. User couldn't refill the paper in the Xerox correctly. So I had a support ticket. Printer won't print. Just makes noise and says there's a jam, but there is no jam. Lovely ticket, full of important details. Lots of things I don't have to assume. It's powered on. It's connected to the network. It isn't on fire. It's most likely jammed. I walk to the printer and it's in jammed. I start poking around for the mother of all paper jams and find none. I shoot the printer a test print and it spools up and nothing comes out. Followed by nothing and the paper jam message pops out. I open the paper tray and there's a brand new ream of paper. Oh, I see where this is going. A still wrapped ream of paper. <laughs> I tear the package open and I clear the printer cube before I reload the paper into the feed tray. I print a three-page blank document and then print off a sign that says, If you're unsure, do not attempt to change the toner or paper and hang it on the printer. While I'm finishing up, a young woman who looks just out of high school or college asks me, Did I break the printer? Am I going to get fired? She looks like she just ran over the boss's dog. 
Um, no. Just don't try to do anything yourself. Just let IT handle or someone who knows how to do it already. It doesn't involve decaffeinating a laptop or deferring a PC or devirusing a hardware so it could be much, much worse. Or even worse, deroaching a PC. <laughs> could I have showed her how to refill and or change the paper in the Xerox machine? Sure. But is it really a good idea? Probably not. Although, people have to learn at some point how to do things, but if it's not your responsibility, you know, that could be a touchy thing. You kind of want to be careful uh, not to step on anybody's toes. That's like, you know, teaching other people's kids about the birds and the bees. You could do it. You might even do a better job than the parents. But is it really a good idea? Probably not. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.